0: Thank you for listening to the conform to christ podcast where we seek to engage the mind affect the heart and call people to follow christ my name is george mays and here with me is jay jones good morning how's it going it's going well yeah yep. good stuff going well how are you doing good yeah i'm doing good recover from pretty. a busy weekend uh-huh
1: yep feeling pretty good now ready to go ready to get Ready for next Sunday? That's how it goes, right? Start again. Mm-hmm. So, yep, it's the cycle. Let's do a little reading this morning and try to get it figured out.
0: Well, all right, yeah. But before we get into next week, we got to deal with
1: this this week.
0: week. Yep, yep. We uh,
1: where are we at? Eighteen, <laughs> ten, eighteen. Pick up where we left off last time. Ten, mm-hmm. eighteen through eleven, six. So, I guess I probably should get my notes out, huh? You probably should because mm-hmm. I don't have any silly videos. Do you?
0: Uh, I've got a few things, but you could save them for Tim. I just don't. We're gonna, feel gonna have a, I we're gonna have a guest like on it. Friday,
1: Tim. Tim's coming in, Tim Gresham. Yeah, so we're gonna start with our uh discussion on the various eschat- eschatologies that are out there mm-hmm. that are still within like. The Christian community, right? Um, and Tim's going to be the dispensationalist representative. Sounds good. He's our friend, and he's a good, good, good man. Former Marine turned chaplain, mm-hmm. and now he's retired, and he's a pastor. Yeah. So we're going to have him have him come on. It's a friend of the show. So don't be commenting crazy stuff on there against dispensationalists because we keep it friendly. All right. But is that, to, as, to that's today. As, is
0: that as much for me as it, as it is for everyone <laughs> I just I
1: hey, I just expected you you would just be like that. Yeah. You would just be friendly.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, uh, I guess we'll jump right into our uh, our passage for this morning. Mm-hmm. Um Ecclesiastes chapter ten, verses eighteen through eleven six. Mm-hmm. And um uh, I'm going to have to ask you to quit uh, preaching at me, Jay. Uh-oh. Quit preaching at you me. It got you? Gotcha? It got me. Yeah. It did. Well, you're the
1: second. No, or third. One <laughs> one of our church members texted me and said, hey, um, I won't say his name on, on air, but he was yeah. like, hey, my, my uh, son thought... That I told I talked to you about him, <laughs> and you wrote this sermon for him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: got you too, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I didn't. Solomon got you.
0: <laughs> yep. What got what got you about it? Uh, it's just been some things around the house that I've been putting off.
1: <laughs> all the stuff in the, the house. All the stuff the the in the house. it's like
0: how. Oh. <laughs> you know. that's funny <clears throat> i guess it's time to get to work
1: julia appreciates it very much
0: mm-hmm. yeah all right i'm glad, glad
1: it could be uh helpful to you
0: <laughs> got that honeydew list now yeah <laughs> yeah all right well let's have you read the passage and then we'll uh we'll jump in
1: okay so we're in this section that's um uh, <clears throat> Proverbs. It's these are proverbs, wisdom. He's giving us wisdom for the world in which we live, and we've been looking at um, there are twelve, and so we're we're doing the last four this week, and very practical stuff. So we'll we'll jump in. Through sloth the roof sinks in, and through indolence the house leaks. Bread is made for laughter, and wine gladdens life, and money answers everything. Even in your thoughts do not curse the king, nor in your bedroom curse the rich, for a bird of the air will carry your voice, or some winged creature tell the matter. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, or even to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on earth."
0: all right so we are uh, we're continuing this uh these 12 lessons on <clears throat> shrewdness mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you uh you gave us a little uh what if scenario at the beginning of the sermon
1: yeah yeah what did you think about that
0: uh I thought it was good
1: yeah it's interesting to think about mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah so. um you want to
1: Sure. Lay it out for us. So I just said, you know, let's uh, pretend. If you're listening, you can pretend along. Imagine that World War three breaks out. You know, it's worst case scenario war in Ukraine sucks in NATO, and then like China invades Taiwan and it's World War three And against all odds, I mean, it would be a near miracle, but we, we lose. So we lose, but the world consolidates behind Emperor of China, uh, Xi Jinping as the head. And you can, it becomes like a scenario, kind of like we have in North Korea, but global where um, there's one world government there. They control everything. So they control the currency. So the dollar is gone. You can't use a dollar except for on the black market. And then the one world global currency, it's probably digital because, you know, they're doing that. So, but every digital, every digital transaction, the official world, you know, authorized currency has two images on it, and one image is of Xi Jinping, which underneath him says the words the deified one, and then the other image that appears in every transaction is the goddess peace, uh, peace personified as a goddess, and uh, so the imagery communicates the idea that there's global peace, there's world peace, because of the deified man, the emperor, and to make matters worse, Um, you pay a tax. They're going to tax you, per people in your house, a a tributary tributary tax, and a portion of that tax will go to sustaining the worship of the emperor of Xi Jinping. And so then I ask the scenario, uh, given this scenario, if this happened, could you as a Christian use that currency? And I think some people would say, this is a mark of the beast. Now, we can't use that currency and stuff like that. and that I think you could see would maybe as Americans, maybe how they would get there. Mm -hmm. Um, So could you use it as a Christian or would it be a sin so that it would take wisdom of God's word and shrewdness to be able to discern, okay, am I participating in worship? Is this idolatry? Um, If I don't use the currency, my family will starve to death and will die. Right. Or is it, if I go along with it, is it idolatry? So would it be better to not? So that kind of stuff is, you know, out there. Um, but this very scenario played out in in, in Jesus's life, mm-hmm. and that's why I brought it up, because I knew it would be really tense for people <clears throat> if they actually thought about it. Yeah. You know, it'd put them in a weird spot. They mm-hmm. probably would initially want to say, no, we could never even do that. Mm-hmm. But the same thing happened, you know, with, with Jesus. Pharisees and Herodians, I believe, they come to Jesus and they... They put him to the test. They're trying to trap him. Um, and they, they ask him the question, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And that's what they're asking, because he's he's the one who bears that title, the deified one. So Jesus says, throw me a coin, and that's what's on the coin. It's an image of Caesar, Tiberius Caesar, the deified man, and on the back is the Roman goddess of peace. And, and what's communicated is you live in the Roman peace, which... Which actually was a really, generally speaking, peaceful era. Yeah, the Pax Romana. Yeah, but the Roman peace exists because uh, Caesar's a god, mm-hmm. and, and he's your god, right? Um, they were the god of Rome, along with many others, and and portion of that tax was would actually go to the temple and to maintain the emperor cult mm-hmm. of the tributary mm-hmm. tax that was given was put on Jews, and and there so there were Jews who were zealots, and they. Wouldn't do it. They yeah. wouldn't want to. They wouldn't pay that tax. Mm-hmm. They believed that it was idolatry. Uh, but there were also many Jews who were just completely secularized, and they didn't. They could care less. I mean, they're pretty much. Uh, um, what's the term for it? They're completely Hellenized. Mm-hmm. So they're they're Greeks, but you know, Jew in name only, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was uh, the uh, the kings that were in place at the time. Mm-hmm. And so that they ask him the question, and they're trying to trap him. And the trap is, if he says yes, pay the tax, then we'll say he's an idolater, he's not a faithful Jew, and they'll kind of squelch the following that he that's you know developing around him. But if he says don't pay it, well, then that's that's even better, because mm-hmm. now they'll turn him over as an insurrectionist, right. and hopefully that he would be tried and. And, and killed. So it's a trap, and it doesn't seem there's any way out of this trap. But of course, because he's shrewd, Jesus is shrewd and wise, he sees the trap, and he knows the truth. He knows that all all governments are instituted by God. So he Jesus is the author. It emerges from him. Paul's the one who writes it later in Romans chapter 13. But even terrible governments, it's hard for us to grapple with because of the terrible things they do, but even Rome is instituted by God. And we, as Christians, don't get to try to overthrow our government, even when they impose taxes on you and stuff like that. So Jesus, you know, it's famous, give me the coin, whose inscription's on here? It's Caesar's. Well, everything in the empire belongs to Caesar, and these coins are his too, so render to Caesar what's Caesar's, and you render to God what's God's. So Caesar can have this power in the civilians, or the the civil sphere, but you don't worship him, Right? It's a. It's very clear. You're made in God's image. You owe God your life and your worship. Um, I think many Christians would be uncomfortable with that scenario today.
0: Do you? <clears throat> How he? I I, I. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, which we were talking about this um, last week when you were you were kind of running running it by me, and I, I was just thinking. Yeah, I think a lot of Christians would have a problem with that, but they don't really have a problem with the current money that we have, (laughs) and it's got like pagan symbols on it. Yeah. and the all-seeing eye, that's not a Christian symbol. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, And Christians don't have a problem spending that money. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, uh, I I think they would have a problem with that um, if they knew what it said. (laughs) On it. <laughs> or it'd be Mark
1: of, Mark of the Beast, <laughs> right. Talk all over uh-huh. America yeah. if that were to happen. And mm. I mean, Jesus is shrewd, right? He understands there's a difference in pledging allegiance to Caesar as God and just using the currency. Yeah. You're not part, even though, I mean, our taxes get used for things we disagree oh, yeah. with right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, I mean, we could we could chase this rabbit wherever we wanted to today, Jay. That um, Christians are all the time um, being told. I remember when you remember when Target uh, started, yeah, um, like having the the changing rooms that were like unisex and uh-huh. the bathrooms that were unisex and people were um like surprised that target was going like super liberal and and all of this and i was just thinking to myself because i worked at target um for the four years i was in seminary and i was just thinking they've always been super liberal mm-hmm. um they've supported united way which united way um does some good things but they also support lgbtq stuff they support planned Parenthood and um the four years that I was working at Target, they'd put those more liberal uh-huh. posters in the back room. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so I, you would like the workers would see like the the posters give to United Way because it supports you know Planned Parenthood or or these organizations that are trying to promote you know uh, LGBTQ stuff. Yeah. Um, so Target was always. That way, you just didn't see it, but people were, you know, wanting to boycott Target, and we don't want to support this stuff. And you know, if you really stop and think about the places that you you frequent, all of these places are supporting things that you probably would not mm-hmm. personally support, right? And so we have to think through these issues. Um, I mean we we've talked about using a cell phone, using you know, right. Like the cars that are manufactured and what goes into them and um like if you trace the sources of these things, it could go back to slave labor Mm -hmm. in other countries. Right. Um unethical ways in which these things are mined and produced and um I mean really if we if we trace it back and we say we can't use any of this stuff, I mean we have to go back to being an Amish, mm-hmm. right? Um, so there's we have to we we do have to live with some shrewdness in this world, and what how how are we supposed to live in this fallen world where there is evil around us? Mm-hmm. Yep,
1: and that's and that's uh, how I introduced it, just to say, look, maybe if we really struggle with uh, the hypothetical scenario, maybe it's where it's because we're not very shrewd yet. But we should be, because Jesus calls us to be true to serpents and innocent as doves. That's kind of the theme that I was running with these three. And we want to be like Jesus, we need to be like him in all ways, which means we need to be able to apply wisdom to the real world, not be gullible, be smart, and call it like even tactical, you know, aware of your surroundings, aware of what the dangers are, how to navigate them, how to like live in this world and not retreat into a cave you know Mm -hmm. and and so we're in these 12 and now we're in the last four Mm -hmm. so these are the final four
0: okay all right well let's jump right in uh and let's get the uh let's get the uh the toe stomping one out Uh of the way out of the way first yeah Yeah.
1: the uh shrewdness in the sphere of work (laughs) ethic and laziness is Mm -hmm. kind of is what i called this this one yeah Verses 18 and 19. Yeah, you can see it's pretty clear. Through sloth, the roof sinks in, and through indolence, the house leaks. Mm -hmm. Bread is made for laughter and wine gladdens Life and money answers everything. So it's very clear. I mean, it's just that he's painting a picture for his poetry, Mm -hmm. and um, imagery's clear. You know, through laziness, maybe what started out as just a small little leak on your house Mm -hmm. is now causing your whole roof to cave in. Mm -hmm. So laziness will destroy your house. Yeah and you can take that out and just apply it in so many ways.
0: Jay, you had we've been we've been discussing this problem for months. You had the prime opportunity to say by the way, have you looked at the roof of the church lately? <laughs> <laughs> try to sell, try to sell that, huh? You had yeah. the you had the opportunity to say, look, if we're lazy about this. Yeah. It's gonna, start gonna on us. yeah. Well, we're <laughs> at the mercy right now,
1: I think, of the insurance. Uh-huh. We've got to wait till September, I mm-hmm. think, before we can try to file to get that thing fixed. Yeah. So, hopefully, we can hang on.
0: Can't be lazy about hang, it though. Hang, and and once September comes, it's, it's not it's looking. A, it's not looking good. If you no. uh, if you look if you look at the church from, fifty second Street, you can see. Yeah. There's some uh, a
1: lot of shingles gone, bald spots, out there wonder where they go. You know
0: what I mean? They go into the front. They go. They go to the front door where we,
1: where we walk in. Some, some of them do. Where did the rest go? They fly around Lawton. You yeah. Know? <laughs> just people wake up. It's just in their front yard.
0: Yeah, I've told the I've told the kids on Wednesday nights. Sometimes you want to walk on the roof of the church. <laughs> uh, yeah. There, there you is. go on There the it ground. is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well. You missed it, Jay. I did. You missed it. it. Yeah. Golden opportunity. Uh, but uh, your your point and and Solomon's point is not to just focus on a house, mm-hmm. right? So laziness will wreck your house, but that's just um, that's just a, a a picture of something bigger, mm-hmm. right? So laziness will destroy not just a house; it will destroy
1: your life. Yeah, laziness will destroy your life, and it. Well, I mean, it could destroy anything in your life it could destroy your your marriage it could destroy your children your relationship with your children and it could literally destroy your children if you're a lazy parent and you don't discipline mm-hmm. and parent your kids, then they're not going to grow up into adults, and that's going to be your fault because you're lazy mm-hmm. and you will be accountable for that yeah um could destroy your relationship with the lord uh, first that's first and foremost. The main, the main priority. Uh, laziness in any area will never lead to prosperity, or blessing, or anything mm-hmm. ever like that. Yeah. It's a good. It's a. This is. These are such simple lessons, but they are ones people just ignore. That's why this call to shrewdness is to heed the lesson and apply it. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone, you know, we live east of Eden, life under the sun, as we are observing, and men. And women, but I would aim at men in particular because we we're created for for work, mm. and um, men are lazy. It's a rebellion. Yeah, it's a pre fall blessing is the blessing of work.
0: Yeah, I mean we think about we think about Adam's role as as a gardener. He's supposed to work and keep the garden. Um. So there's there's work. It's good work. Um. Now after the fall. We toil, mm-hmm. so the uh, the pain is multiplied in work. So now, you plant a garden, and it's hard to get the it's hard to get the vegetables to grow. But you can grow weeds all day, right? right? And we confronted with that toil, confronted with kind of the futility of it. We grow lazy. Mm-hmm. Well, this this isn't working anyway, so I'm just gonna yeah not do it. Uh huh. Right, and yeah. I think that that expands to a lot of things. Um, you know, I, I, we just highlighting one marriage. Why do so many marriages fall apart? Yeah, it, it's hard work. Mm-hmm. It's hard work. Often there's a lot of toil. There's there's uh, there's pain. There, I mean, it it's uh, it takes time. It takes energy, um, and a lot of people they just fall into this routine of. The same the same things over and over and over again and they they grow passive and lazy and one day you find that you're strangers and yeah the, i mean you're you're essentially just roommates that always
1: starts though something small mm-hmm. first right mm-hmm. and uh you're like you know whatever it's easier to just ignore it mm-hmm. and pretend we're not having this issue or this didn't happen mm. and starts with one, one though, mm-hmm. right? Maybe instead of that, maybe the man should take the initiative and s- force the issue into a conversation. But it's easier and th- it's lazy to just go in the other room mm-hmm. and get your phone open and pretend right. that it'll just get better on its own. Right. When it won't. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, this this, go, this plays into so many different...
0: Well, it's the same with that's the same with um, you know reading your Bible. You brought that out, mm-hmm. um, and I, I like the way that you presented it because I think anyone who's been a Christian for for very long has experienced the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like we we we, I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's like church culture like communicates it, or or what. Um, that Bible reading is just gonna always be easy. Right, like you're always going to want to sit down and read the Bible. I've I've told people that uh, you know don't don't just assume because I'm a pastor that every time I sit down, I, I'm just ready to to get in to, mm-hmm. to the scriptures and just right. spend hours on it. Sometimes I sit down and I open it and I say, I just I don't want to, and so I open Facebook instead. Right, <laughs> you know. I mean it's uh-huh. it's uh, it's a common problem. It's not something that is. Um, is is just for certain people um it's it's hard work mm-hmm. same with prayer it's hard it's hard and the, the reason why we don't pray is because we're lazy mm-hmm. um and we can't I, I i I like the way that you were you're framing it like the the you just sit down and do it mm-hmm. you you may not have the desire to do it mm-hmm. do it and then the desires will follow
1: yeah. I mean, you've got to you've got to do it mm-hmm. if you're a Christian. You yeah. know, man shall not bre- live on bread alone. If you believe what Jesus is saying, but every word that comes from the mouth of God, if you believe that and you don't do it, I mean, you're like an, you know, you're like an athlete who won't eat during competition. Like, you, like that's going to lead to your demise. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like an athlete who's, you know, maybe they're at a track meet all day. Well, they may not feel like eating. They're not hungry. They don't want to do it, but they know they need to do it. Mm-hmm. So they just do it. Right. Right. And there a lot of times you'll be like that. Sometimes sometimes, you know, you'll go through seasons where you're just really your feelings are there to mm-hmm. do it, to read the Bible. You you're into it, you want to, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. But then you're gonna go through seasons and they could be prolonged seasons where it's just not there's no desire. Mm-hmm. You don't have the desire to do it. Yeah. That can really be cause uh <clears throat> some some uh, turmoil inner turmoil because you remember you know after you were first converted and you just were on fire and you wanted to read the bible all the time and now you don't so the, what does that mean about you well here's i think what, what people need to understand what it means about you is that you're still in a fallen you're still in a fallen body yeah you're you're, you're you are re- you are to be renewed your mind is to be renewed renewing your mind right which means you're not glorified yet, which means you're prone to easily fall back into uh, a sin nature. Mm. Now you 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 are regenerated in heart and your in your spirit, and you will never be lost. But um, this isn't going to be easy. So what's required is is a discipline. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. Yeah, discipline will make sure you do things when your feelings aren't there to do it. Mm-hmm. And eventually later, your feelings will catch back up. They mm-hmm. will. I remember I went through this period, and it was a prolonged period. And I asked this uh, older pastor, I was like, what do I do? Like, I don't have any desire to read the Bible. Like, I was completely honest with him. I was like, I mean, like, no desire at all. You know, Paul Washer would probably, like, tell me I need to get resaved or something. <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, he said, that's pretty normal. So here's what you do. You just you know you need to read your Bible, so you just do it. Yeah. I said that's it. Like you don't have any other advice. He said mm-hmm. no, I don't have any other advice. You just you know you need to do it, so you'll get up and you just do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean I can learn that lesson that le- lesson easy. You know I was a I was a soldier, mm-hmm. um, so I get that. Yeah. You're gonna do things you don't want to do, and then eventually things you know you'll catch up. It's almost right. like I'm sure people that do other things you know even things they like runners and stuff they probably don't want to get up every day and run but mm-hmm. once they start running they're like okay i'm i'm back in it now yeah that's usually what happens you'll get back in the word and then eventually you'll be like okay yeah i'm i am actually enjoying this
0: we I, we have this view of christianity i think where if you're not if if you're uh, if your heart is not In it, if you're if you're just doing something out of discipline, out of out of habit, then somehow it's it's not spiritual enough. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to drum up these feelings. We've got to we got to stir up these passions before we can do something. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have the passion to read my Bible, if I'm just if I've just you know, I I get up, I take a shower, I brush my teeth, um, I eat breakfast. I read my Bible I go to work whatever you know whatever you, you just have this list and you're just checking the box that it's not good right um and I would say that if it's if that is all it is that you're just checking a box then there's something wrong mm-hmm. but if you're just if if it's part of your schedule if you're disciplined to do these things um I, I don't think that that's I don't think it's wrong to do that mm-hmm yeah, uh, I I think we look at, we can look at um, Daniel, in in uh, in Daniel chapter six, he's got these scheduled times when he prays, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like the the and they know the, the, they know they know where he's going to be at this this time of the day. Mm. Um, do, do we look at that and we're like, well, he's got these scheduled times. He's probably just like, there's no. There's he's no just par- doing he's, it. He's just doing it to be doing it, right? Um those those two things are not mutually exclusive. Right. No, it's not. But I think we have the this this um this super spiritual view of Christianity where you've gotta have all this all the feelings first and then do it. And that's just not the way that our that's not the way that, that we, we work. That's not the way we function. Right. Um sometimes you have to sit down and just start doing it. And your feelings will eventually catch up. Uh-huh. But even if you, even if they don't, we know we're supposed to be reading our Bible. We're supposed to be studying it. We're supposed to be praying. Um, even if the feelings aren't there, uh-huh. we can ask God to help us. Help me to to desire this. Right. Give me a hunger for this. Uh-huh. Um, but even in those prolonged times where we don't feel like it, um. You, you still do it. You still, you still uh, set the time to do it. Mm-hmm. You still um, are obedient. You still have to be faithful. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, you're right. So, and you, you made a good point that, that these little things that we neglect can escalate to big things.
1: They can. Yeah. Um, a little laziness, you know, it, it doesn't just end with more laziness. A lot of times it, it will just ripple into another area and every, and things will, there is a slippery slope. People mm-hmm. like it's a slippery slope fallacy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not if it actually happens <laughs> right? and you can observe it, mm-hmm. then it's like slippery slope fact. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, I mean, we're in a slippery slope. People were warning and people were like, Oh, you Christians, you're always doing slippery slopes and you know, Bergerfeld, and we we're like here we go you know we're gonna be uh, next thing we're gonna be arguing is that it's okay to uh, you know be a a pedophile and they're like oh you Christians how dare you and now what do they want they're trying to change the terminology to minor attractive persons right <laughs> here we are we are are we down the bottom of the slippery slope yet I, I don't know hopefully we're getting close how much lower can we go same thing is true I mean if you observe these things to be true like if you have a pool of pastors right mm-hmm. And they say, we observe these things to be common trends in people that apostatize. Mm. It's not really a slippery slope fallacy anymore. Right. It's more like a big warning. And the first, the first thing that happens usually is people stop coming to church. As simple as that is. Mm. Right. As simple as that. And maybe they say, well, that's a cliche. Mm. Well, that maybe that's just because you, uh, you are financially incentivized <laughs> to have people come to church, or maybe, or maybe it's that there's an observation <laughs> mm-hmm. that when people stop coming to church those that at one time claimed and professed to be Christians it's usually the first step toward pain and suffering in their life mm-hmm. and the first step usually happens be- just because of laziness and nothing else mm-hmm. you know it's easy easy to sleep in
0: you can you can give all of these excuses but really it comes down to you, you just don't want to do it
1: yeah I mean think about it what we have church on ten thirty on a Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure most most people today aren't aren't rocking that eight a.m. service, you know, like our parents were. They have that eight a.m. That's an early service. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really not that early. I mean, right. everyone usually at work by eight. But weekend eight a.m. service is early. Mm-hmm. Ten thirty or eleven. A lot of people have eleven o'clock service. You can't make it, then it's you're pretty lazy. Mm-hmm. You just you know you're to the point where you just don't care.
0: We've got people that come. To the ten thirty that have been working all night, right? I mean, you you do what you find to be most important, Mm -hmm. whether you have the desire to do it or not, right? Because you recognize, I mean, the the, I mean, as we've been going through through Hebrews, we should we should be reminded um, continually of the danger of falling away, and. One of the ways in which we uh, we keep from falling away is we meet together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so if you recognize that, if you take that seriously and say, "Well, I don't, I don't necessarily want to get up and go to church today, but I'd much rather do that than fall away." Right. <laughs> and I'm going to go to church. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean, there, there's it obviously it doesn't happen every time like this, but mm-hmm. you know. Uh, next thing you know, you're mad at the church people. Like for what reason? Like you're the one that left them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then you have these different scenarios in your mind, like they should have done more for you. They should have reached out to you more. Yeah. They didn't really care about you, even though they didn't leave you, you left them. And then, you know, eventually, next thing that happens is you probably give into sin, some type of sin. Mm. A lot of times it's sexual sin. Mm. You know we have a big sexual sin problem in the West. Yeah, It's like been a thing for a long time. Maybe everywhere, but we live in the West. And then next thing you know, you're justifying that action. And to help you do that, well, maybe now you view the Bible as not, no longer inerrant, right? So you deny inerrancy. Next thing you know, you've accepted everything else in the culture. Uh, you're now LGBT affirming. And uh, then the next step is full-on apostasy. Well, you, di- you didn't just jump into the apostasy, right? You started because you were tired, because mm. you had a rough week at work, and you thought, oh, it's just better for me to sleep in on Sunday. That's how it happened, you're lazy. Mm. So laziness is dangerous. Yeah. It'll, the imagery is of the house, your roof falling in on your house. And so spiritual laziness will destroy your life. Um. Hopefully, if you belong to the Lord um, and you're in church, they'll they'll intervene. They'll try. To, they'll at least try to intervene um, through church discipline. But most churches won't. Yeah. They just. They just. You'll just disappear. Mm-hmm. They'll yeah. let you go.
0: Stay on that roll, though.
1: Stay on that roll. Count those numbers. Mm. Yep.
0: Um. I. I like how you brought out that laziness is sin uh-huh. because I, I think we often treat it as kind of this lesser vice. Right. Um, instead of it actually being sinful. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: What's the old term they had for the laziness? Do you remember? You know what it is? I'm going to have to look this
0: up, George, but I mean, think sloth- about, it. I mean, slothfulness is,
1: I like the term slothfulness cause mm-hmm. sloths are, are really slow.
0: Right sloths
1: are an interesting creature um, let me look this up but think about it if God created you to work and to work hard mm. and you don't yeah well then you're you're going against God's design for you yeah and in every sphere like you shouldn't be lazy in any part of your life you know you you don't get to be known as a really hard worker at work and then come home and you're a deadbeat dad yeah. Right, so you come home and you don't spend time with your children. Mm -hmm. You don't help your wife if she needs help. Um, Like you don't get to do that. You're going to work hard till the work's done. Yeah, you know, have 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 intentional relationships with your children. Make sure you're talking to them, discipling them. Like you don't get to take time off. Really, I mean, I'm extra hard on dads because I think. That's God's design for how civilization is to work. Dad's in their children, discipleship, and all that. And you bear that responsibility. But, I mean, you think where we are, where we are as a Christian, Christian people in America. And it has a lot to do with lazy dads. Like, they may have been really hard workers. I mean, I'm not going to even argue that. I think Americans have, for our history, been known as hard workers. Um, it's changing now, I think, but... Where we're at now is because a lot of men were hard workers, but then they come home and they weren't good dads. Mm-hmm. They didn't disciple their children. They didn't. They didn't teach their children about God. And kids, kids uh, develop their view of who God is based on their dad. They just do. We pray to a heavenly Father. You have a father in your home, but he's a deadbeat. Like what? What do you think chid- children are going to then think? Right. <laughs>
0: Um, and we always need to try to, um, to get to the heart of the issue. And I don't think the heart of the issue is laziness. I think the heart of the issue is selfishness. Mm-hmm. We're, we're selfish. Why, why do we not want to do the work? It's because it's hard for us. We have something that we'd prefer to do instead. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I mean, we brought out the illustration of just looking on your phone Hmm. I want to do that. I don't want to do this hard thing because I'm selfish, mm-hmm. and the selfishness just um, it it just shows itself as as laziness. Mm-hmm. Because we do what we want to do, right? Yes. I mean we we always do that which we want to do the most. Yeah. And if we would rather serve ourselves than to serve others. Then that's going to look like laziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sloth. I
1: looked it up. It is, I guess, in the church history they'd call it sloth. At hmm. one of the seven deadly sins, greed. You know, sloth. All that. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, but people are people are by their nature as sinners. Not prone to selflessness, mm-hmm. so that's one of the things that you've that you have to fight for. So right. yeah, you come home, you're real tired. Mm-hmm. You don't want to purposefully like have intentional like discipling conversations with your children, right? Um, and they need it, and you go, well, I just I just don't want to. I'm just gonna, you know, put my earbuds in and I'm gonna look at get, look at Instagram for the next three hours. Or I'm gonna play video games. And meanwhile, you know your kids dying to have a conversation with you and for you to play with them. So you have to you have to crucify your desires, which are
0: selfish, and and serve other people. You know. And I think that's that's why um, you 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 kind of. Shifted towards our motivation. Our motivation is to be like Christ. Christ was never lazy, and the reason why Christ wasn't lazy is because Christ came to serve and not to be served. Yeah, like he laid down his prerogatives in order to serve other people. Yeah, and so he's not lazy because he's always looking for the he's lo- looking to do good for for others and to to serve his father.
1: Yeah, and and think about it like you you're. Laziness is sin. He was not lazy, and in fact, he served you. He's serving you. He served you in his life. So when he lived never lazy and a diligent worker, um, he was serving you, and now he's your representative. So, yeah, yeah, we are to take up that same attitude. This is Paul in Philippians chapter chapter 2, the end of chapter 2. Yeah, I have this mind... Amongst yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. and then he gives the whole thing about the selfless giving of himself, you know, right. of to to humanity, yeah. culminating in in his death. Yeah. So he is both the goal and the motivation. Right. So develop discipline because that will help you when you're lacking motivation. But then to have motivation, you need to look to the proper source, mm-hmm. which is to have your eyes fixed on on Christ.
0: And then the good news is that Christ died for lazy, yeah. selfish people. Yeah. Right.
1: That is good news because everyone is lazy given the right scenario. Mm-hmm. Everybody is. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: you gave the illustration of your water heater. I, I did. I yeah. yeah. To, I guess I need to go and drain that. You thing. better
1: drain that water heater
0: once a year. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I, I like what uh, God's uh, advice to lazy people is. I mean, it's, God tells you to go and look at the ant. Mm-hmm. Like, are you prone to laziness? Well, just go outside in Oklahoma. Walk around your yard for a minute. You'll find an ant colony. It won't, yeah. take, it won't take long. And then watch the ants. I Minutes mean, go to the ant. O oh, sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O oh, sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little, little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Yeah. So, learn from the Bible. You've got God's revelation, special revelation, and then you have general revelation. Go and learn to be a diligent worker. Work heartily for the Lord. You know, this is, uh, I brought that out, the Protestant work ethic. Protestants were known as hard workers for a mm. long time, I mean, they have a, a coined a phrase around it. America was built on Protestant work ethic. That's what that's what built it. Of course, you know, Marxist will will say all of the evils of capitalism were born out of pro, uh, Protestantism. You know, they do that, right? Yeah. Um, but in reality, the theology of Luther and Calvin and the other reformers, it what it did was it gave people dignity. In that, a regular person like a blacksmith didn't view themselves as like some second class citizen in the kingdom of God, right? Right, the Catholic Church, who was the dominant superpower, if you wanted to do something for the kingdom of God and matter, then you needed to become a priest or work in the church. Mm -hmm. Well, Protestant work ethic what that was unleashed was that every person, as an image bearer of God, if they would do their work for the Lord, then that's dignified work and holy, it's holy work, it's God glorifying. So that then unleashed uh, the potential, the potential that is in all of us as image bearers of God. So people started making things they never made before. They started creating businesses and schools and academies and trade, you know, different types of trades and the watches is the most famous one. Mm -hmm. The Genevan watches. I mean, none of us can afford to buy one. (laughs) They've been making these things for 500 years and now they're the best watches on the face of the earth. Um, and the theologies what drove that. Yeah. They said, we're going to make watches for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. So we forgot. I think most people have forgotten that. Most people that buy a Rolex or whatever, you know, they don't know any of that. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's why.
0: Right. All right. So shrewdness in the sphere. Did we uh, really go 44 drug? minutes I on know, one I know, just point, on dude? laziness. I know. We got to
1: get better at our uh, efficiency <laughs> on this program.
0: Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there a verse for that? A verse I'm for sure being, being efficient? All right. Uh, Shrewness regarding the sphere of powerful people. Verse yeah.
1: 20. Yeah, this this one's, again, this one's easy, so we don't right. kind of need to spend 40 minutes on it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so the, there are two people to consider here in these verses. There's, if you look back at your text, you'll see there is, and your thoughts don't curse the king or curse the rich. So people who, who have political power over you on mm-hmm. people who have economic power over you. They're rich. Yeah. Which for the majority of us, we're not rich. So there are people have economic power over us. Mm-hmm. And then there's governments. Yeah. Um, so the advice is not even don't even in your thoughts curse the king. And um, nor in your bedroom, where you think you're safe in the private place. Curse the rich, because a bird of the air is going to take it away. Some wing creatures carry it off and tell somebody. Yeah. So it's the it's a little birdie told me. Mm-hmm. No, and it's got to be. This has to be where the phrase came from. Oh a yeah, li- a little birdie told oh, me. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So everyone's heard that that phrase. There's so many phrases in, in our culture like that mm-hmm. that just come out of the Bible that people yeah. have no clue.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um i i've i've met people that have been like this really that just yeah um you know you were you were saying you know what about freedom of speech right don't don't we believe that you can say what you want to say yes yeah um yes but somehow we've twisted that where you don't have to face consequences for what you say right (laughs) like yes in america you're free to say what you want to say but you're not free of the consequences of of saying those things Uh uh-huh right yes so this is promoting um, and social media is number one offender right (laughs) i mean people feel like they are immune if they if they say it through the computer instead of just saying it face to face to someone. Yeah, people are people are dumb, man.
1: Mm-hmm. By nature, like sin makes you stupid. That's the the saying, right? Yeah. Sin makes you stupid, and it really does. So, I mean, <laughs> the cautionary the the caution is, don't even in your mind think these things. And the reason is because it never stays. It never stays there. You right. be, you betray yourself mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah where you think I'm never going to tell somebody how I feel the first opportunity you get you open your mouth and you're blurting it out yeah um, and then you may think you're confiding in someone in private here it's a bedroom but maybe it's somewhere in the office and you think it's a friend and you think no one else is listening mm-hmm. but guess what other other people hear it you know it gets out and then eventually it makes its way back to the person who can actually harm your life right like you need to have a job don't talk bad about your boss right <laughs> Because if he finds out, he could just fire you. They could just let you go. Mm-hmm. And even – I think in Oklahoma, where uh, you can just fire people in Oklahoma. You, in other states, I think you got, like, many procedures you have to go through. But mm-hmm. if you own a business in Oklahoma, you don't have to give any reason. You can just fire somebody. Yeah.
0: So – Don't give – Especially don't give be them careful. Yeah. Don't, don't give them a reason to. Yeah. You. you gave the example of what – what did the – what? What did the uh, where did the woman work?
1: Um, Yelp, Yelp, yeah, the, a Yelp employee. Okay. Is Yelp like what is it? Is it it's like a I think review? It's, yeah. it's like a review I don't uh, use Yelp site.
0: Very much. Don't go on Yelp to nah. find the best restaurants. Mm-mm. Mm. So she goes
1: on 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 Twitter, of course, mm. and is criticizing Yelp and the CEO. Yeah. And you know, it's there's always a tinge of communism. You know, where people graduate from college yeah. and they think they deserve to be making like CEO salary. Mm-hmm. Like you have no life experience. You're 21 years old. This is your first job out of college. Yeah, You don't deserve to make $100,000 unless you're like a doctor or a lawyer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You work at Yelp. <laughs> right? Yeah. Jay um, doesn't even use it. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think happens? I mean- how how dumb do you have to be to do that, and to think like everyone praises you? Like yeah, yeah. Well, it's just right, it's, uh, it's
0: entitlement also. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not just being it's it's selfishness. Uh, I think that they were doing that with Twitter also when when Elon Musk uh, took <laughs> right, over, weren't, yeah. they? weren't they? Weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Were not they were not employees criticizing oh, him yeah. publicly?
1: Oh yeah, it was beautiful because then, then he, he was just fired just, everybody. Yeah,
0: then he was just canning everyone. Yeah, just
1: fired everybody. I think he cut the uh, cut down to like twenty five percent of what they, uh-huh. they used to, like, what were all these people doing? He's like, you don't, you know, you don't need that many people to run Twitter. Right. And that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she got fired. She didn't get a raise.
0: I mean, this, this can, she got this, a reverse raise. This, this goes across all, all spheres of life. Don't do this at work. Um, if you're a student, don't do this to like your professor. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do it at home. Like kids, don't be grumbling about your yeah, about your uh parents. Phil uh Philip
1: told me uh it might have been Parker. I think it was both of them. So di- two different times they were like, "Hey, I guess it's a thing I hadn't really heard of." It's like if you really want to know what like is going on in the church people, then just work in the nursery. Mm. Cuz the little kids will tell you everything. Yeah. That's going on in everybody's family. Uh
0: huh. Oh, yeah. Joy has found out things
1: <laughs> from kids
0: yeah. before she found it out from, from their parents. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you, some of your little birdies fi- live right there in yeah, your will you'll Yeah. Fi-
0: you'll find out who's pregnant and you'll find, out, <laughs> yeah, you'll find all kinds of stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> find out whose daddies are lazy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I don't know. I've, I, it hasn't gotten
0: its way back to me yet. Yet, Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You put the last two together, so there's there's four lessons on shrewdness, but you you kind of put the the last two together because they are kind of under the kind of this umbrella of yeah. of decision decision making. Uh-huh. So yeah. it's it's uh, shrewdness in finances and shrewdness in decision making, but yeah. the financial is is kind of in that decision making yeah um, aspect. It kind of starts first so these are these are verses
1: 11 1 through 6 and in some ways this is kind of the end of his teaching on finances he's given several lessons and many of them were warnings against uh, greed and yeah you know making money and idle and the danger of that and how it can destroy your life there's that great imagery of that old man he's alone he's all alone and sad and his life is ruined. Right. He's pursued wealth his whole life. Mm-hmm. But here is a very practical lesson on finances, um, and so we should keep that in mind. He's This is not about greed mm-hmm. or wanting or desiring money, but it's about the reality uh, of it, that we live in a fallen world. We need to be smart with it. And like, you, you, you need, need money. Shrewd, yeah.
0: uh, I mean, we didn't, we didn't really hit on it, but verse 19 of chapter 10, bread yeah. is made for laughter and wine gladdens life. And money answers everything. Right. I like how you brought out Dwayne Garrett. He was one of my Old Testament professors. Oh, at, really? At Southern, yeah. Nice. Um, and uh, he he translated as, as money pays for everything. Yeah, right. and money provides both. Yeah. So like uh you need bread and wine gladdens
1: the heart, mm-hmm. like it makes life fun and enjoyable. And money provides both. Yeah, you you gotta have money to buy buy things. Yeah. You gotta have money to eat. You want to have some fun, some mm-hmm. entertainment in your life, which, by the way, Christians mm-hmm. isn't a terrible thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's he's. What's interesting is how much he commends those things. Mm-hmm. The things that a very pietistic person would say yeah. is indulging. Right. He's like, no, you need to enjoy life. Um, it's not a sin, right? And then he's also real about it. He's like, but you need money to do it. Yeah, <laughs> so don't be lazy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so
0: work when there's work to be done, right. and uh, then relax and enjoy life when th- there's time for that. Also,
1: one of the hardest workers I've ever seen. Here's a little sidebar. This is funny. I think it's funny. Um, he got out of high school. He started like a kind of a lawn business. So he'd get up and he and he worked for the plumbing company I worked for. Okay, so before, we'd come to work and we would all meet and have a little powwow at eight a.m then we'd leave there go to the jobs and do our job sites mm. whatever we'd work till 5 8 to 5 well he would already have he would he would get up before the sun ever came up and as soon as the sun was up he'd start mowing lawns in the summer mm. so he'd already mow like four lawns before he ever show up then he'd work all day with us in the sun and then he'd mow lawns till the sun went down mm. right so he had because he worked so much he had a hummer a humvee and he had a corvette wow and <clears throat> the police scouted his house out and were, like, kind of, like, I guess, monitoring him because his neighbors ratted and said that he was a drug dealer. Oh, wow. That a drug dealer lives next door to me. Okay. He's a young man. You know, this guy's, like, 19 years old. He's got a Humvee and a Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he's, like, works 10 times harder than you. Mm. Maybe he actually got it the legal way. Yeah. I just thought that was that was hilarious, but... And he was shrewd, too. Mm-hmm. He was good with finances. Mm-hmm. And so um, you can you can enjoy what money provides and it not be a sin. Yeah. You can easily slide into sin, though, as, as he's warned many times. But what underlies this whole thing about being shrewd with your finances and shrewd in your decision-making is really verse 5. I believe, anyway, this is how I came to the passage to interpret it. Mm-hmm. It's that... Um, God is sovereign over all things. Okay. So you read verse five. As you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones and the woman in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. So this is an, another time in Ecclesiastes where the absolute sovereignty of God is affirmed. Mm-hmm. He's done it several times. Chapter yeah. three is an explicit one. There's a time for everything under heaven, time for everything, time <clears> to be born, a time to die. There's that poem on time. And God is sovereign over everything. But even though there is a plan for everything, how we experience it is we don't know what's going to happen. Right. So we live in the world of I don't know. So because there's this built-in unpredictability to the world, and that was the other key part of how to interpret this, is that you don't know Mm -hmm. or you know not comes up uh, four times in verses one through six. So you don't know what's going to happen. So because you live in a fallen, unpredictable world, what should you do with your money? Mm-hmm. That's verse verses 1 and, and 2. Verses 1 and 2. So cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on earth. So it's kind of a strange thing, like cast your bread upon the waters, yeah. and you'll find it after many days. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense when you think through like bread, but if bread stands for something else... Mm-hmm. And the waters stand for something else. Then it starts to make sense. Yeah. And that's how a lot of people interpret this, mm-hmm. that it stands for like the uh, like the sea, the seafare seafaring trade mm. markets that you could invest in. Yeah, so you live in the Mediter- Mediterranean world, businesses on the sea. But if you put all of your eggs in one basket, I mean, we even have, we have a, that term for it: mm-hmm. put all your money on one ship. And the ship sinks, right. you've lost everything. Right. So his recommendation is to diversify what you do with your money to yeah. protect your family from calamity. Mm. So if you've got it in seven or eight different ventures uh, or different places that are compartmentalized from each other, and one disaster hits one or more, even well, then your your money, y- your family is going to be okay, right? Because you still have this uh, over here. Mm-hmm. Again, it's incredibly practical, right? Um I I don't think I actually realized when I jumped in here the type of very practical things that was that I was going to I think be exhorted by God to to do. Mm-hmm. You know? We tend to think that the I think many people think the Bible is just some otherworldly book mm. that doesn't have a lot of day to day practical things. Right. Well, I mean, non believers know this truth and do it. Yeah to diversify your income mm-hmm. so that disaster doesn't come upon you. Right. But we don't. Mm-hmm. Like, we we think that's like a secular thing or part of greed. Yeah. Maybe you're greedy. That's why you've done that. Well, it's just part of being shrewd, understanding that bad things can happen. Yeah. So there are people who can do that immediately because they have income, like expendable income. Um, So they could put it in many different things. But there are a lot of people that just work paycheck to paycheck. So what, you know, kind of what do you do? That's the, how do you apply this? If you just live paycheck to paycheck, I think a big lesson would be to try to get out of debt as as soon as you can. Yeah. So if you can get out of debt as soon as you can, you've at least now protected your family to some degree from some disasters that could come. Right. And then if you are out of debt, try to save a little bit. You try to save a little bit of money. And then once you save a little bit, then maybe you can start to put that money places where it can protect you later. Mm-hmm. So there's the lesson to be had. But, you know, it's uh, it's more applicable than just that because in America, there's so many things you can do. Uh, I, I, I mean, we're Americans. I don't know what it's like to live in some par- other parts of the world. It might be harder to do these things, but you can learn— multiple different skills. You can can acquire different skills and learn many trades um, as an American. So, you know, thinking to our younger kids, what should you encourage them to do? Well, it's okay to specialize in something, right? But it may be wise to have other skills, right? So... I mentioned that uh, you have a surprise skill. Oh
0: goodness. I, I wish you hadn't. You're going to get all kinds of business now. <sighs> Do you know how long, how we're, long it's <clears> been <throat> since I've welded anything? We're in a farm community. You're uh, getting, you're you going to be how, getting calls. You know how long it's been?
1: George come weld my gate.
0: <laughs> George was a welder back in the day.
1: So, you know, if uh, calamity comes, I think we're always going to need some welders around. It's a pretty good skill to have. You still got you got a license or anything? No. Did you at one time
0: you were no it was just on the job training okay yeah so it'd probably be a little bit more difficult for me to outlaw welding get, yeah that's you're an outlaw welder yeah even
1: better huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. so you could see we're marketing your skill now yeah here you know in the land of outlaws right in no man's land hmm. oklahoma Georgia's outlaw welding <laughs> you got business coming in <clears throat> just from that name yeah so have a different have various skills i know you you saw probably these guys in seminary this is the illustration that i use you know they graduate from high school they go to bible college mm-hmm. bible college they take all christian classes don't ever get a real job and then they go straight into seminary same thing all christian classes never had a real job graduate get a job being a pastor okay now you have zero skills mm-hmm. other than being a pastor which is okay as long as you've got a job being a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> you can provide for your family. But right. what happens if you don't? What mm-hmm. if you, if something happens, church shuts down, providentially, God removes you from that. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you going to do? Right. Can't, can't really support a family, you know, when you're, uh, don't have a lot of skills, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe while you're going to school early, get a job and you know somewhere where you could have a fallback job you know yeah so weird that i cre- that, that i was preaching on this stuff i was thinking like <laughs> never in a million years would i think i'd be preaching sermons like about things like
0: this <laughs> but that's a Ecclesi- that's ecclesiastes for you <laughs> yeah you know no it's <laughs> you know? good it's uh it's good good wise advice yeah be well rounded yeah um yeah, don't don't just focus on one thing. And I, I mean, this this has got me thinking about things because um, I was talking to a former pastor last week, and he was talking about how he, and I've heard it many times that he thinks that more and more pastors are going to be bivocational. So you're going to have to you're going to have to have some other skill. You're going to have to do some other work. Right? Yeah. So be thinking about that. Well now instead of like you said going to uh just bible college then seminary and, and never having any any kind of other uh employment
1: yeah i'm th- just trying to you know see and predict where we go here mm-hmm. now as in, in the church in america yeah the big the big givers to churches which supported A lot of the churches we grew up in, where you'd have like you know maybe three or four paid pastors, and I mean like full time paid with good benefits and all that. Those people that provided that were the World War II generation and the Boomers, Mm -hmm. and the the World War II generation is almost all completely gone. The Boomers are retiring, so they don't have as much income, and people know it's coming. I mean, our generation the one right above us, I can't remember the name of that generation, what is the name of it, and then of course, us, and then below, we don't even have the level of income, I think, that maybe our parents had, mm-hmm. you know, in proportion to how the economy what wa- right. is Right. And so, for that reason, they're not giving as much, and then another reason is they just don't give. Mm-hmm. So, the church is gonna have to, and pastors are gonna have to have other, they're gonna have to have jobs like mm-hmm. they're saying it's that those days are coming mm-hmm. and they're here for many churches already but they're going to be here for everybody before long yeah so um, churches are going to have to change how they do things so if your pastor has a job all week can you expect the same things from him as you would in former days right you know I don't think so no so but the church will be fine. That's what they do in many other countries. Right. It's what they did <clears throat> early on in our, in, you know, I think in America. hmm yep. So.
0: We're going to have to get back to the circuit, uh, the circuit pastors yeah. that, that ride around on a Sunday morning preaching at yeah. multiple churches.
1: And in their spare time, rounding up outlaws. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> I'm here to preach, where's your wanted posters?
1: That's my side job.
0: <laughs> That's what we should do, Jay. We should, uh, we should... Get licensed as bounty hunters, bro.
1: If we we could do it, and you know, dog the bounty hunter, he's he's about to retire. Mm-hmm. I say we try to do it, and then we pitch that. to yeah. a- it's a- is it a and e? Yeah, preaching bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. Be, it could be good. Could be a good show. Yeah,
0: <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, we're diversifying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but there is a sense of uh, of predictability, verse 3. Yeah. Um, but also there's a sense of just do something.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, verse 3 kind of tells you, it's kind of like what is, what is, you know, whatever is going to be is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look into the, the, the world and there's a measure of predictability. But um, if you sit around and try to Figure everything out and mm. remove all risk from life. Right. You can't do it, but what will happen is you'll end up not doing anything mm-hmm. and then you won't have anything to eat. That's the picture. Right. You're not going to reap. So it's time for you to reap, but you never got around to sowing because you were trying to make sure everything was perfect. Right. And it's never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You don't actually know for sure that things are going to prosper. And that's where the imagery of this baby comes in. Mm hmm. It's risky to try to have a baby I mean it's a lot less risky now for the woman than it used to be there used to be more risk but it's risky you don't know you know you don't know if there's gonna be a baby you don't know if you're gonna get pregnant and then the baby's gonna die God's sovereign over all of that and yet you still take that you still risk it all to have a baby and so that's kind of this picture. You've got to do something. You don't know whether it's actually going to succeed for sure, but you're still trusting God, mm-hmm. right? That God is sovereign over all things, and so you've got to you've got to sow if you're going to reap. And um, so don't withhold your hand. That's verse six. So sow your seed. Withhold not your hand from your work. You don't know if it's going to prosper or not, but one thing's for certain: if you don't, you're not going to get anything. Right. So, yeah, make a decision mm-hmm. and go go for
0: it. Right. Yeah. And if it fails, it fails. Go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Um, and this is where it we have to think about how do we make decisions in this in this world. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Christians they they're asking what's God's will for my life, and they I don't know they're expecting some kind of sign or right. some kind of you know voice to tell them what to do and a lot of times we just follow the wisdom that we've got in the bible Mm -hmm. if it's not a sin and it it lines up with you know wise principles from proverbs and ecclesiastes sometimes you just have to just have to do it right and just do something Mm -hmm. and it may work out it may not work out um i've started uh i started a few years ago started uh Investing mm-hmm. hasn't worked out. <laughs> hasn't worked out for you <laughs> too great. Did you get into? hasn't big- Hasn't worked out too great uh, because our economy has you know been going downhill. So I don't know if anyone's doing probably super not. great probably on not the so stock great, market yeah. right now. But um, only
1: con- only members of Congress are doing great right yeah, now. Yeah, that's right.
0: But you diversify and you try to make wise decisions, and there's. You have to take risk, and you also understand that God's sovereign, and sometimes things work out, and sometimes sometimes things don't. Mm-hmm. But you won't know unless you actually do something. Mm-hmm. Did we, you do? Did we, you we, we do know that if you don't do anything, then you're not going. Yeah, to... Yeah, then you're not. You're not. You're anything. not going to experience prosperity. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, given the uncertainty that's in the world, and that God is sovereign over everything, and you don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. um, be. Take a take calculated risks Mm -hmm. and live with the consequences. Right. So, and or I mean, they may not be terrible consequences. You may fail, but then you're able to reassess and go again. Mm -hmm. But if you don't do anything, right, then you're going to die. You're going to starve to death (laughs) and die. That's that's the picture. You don't reap. Yeah. You have nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, So be smart. Yeah, be smart with yep. your finances and then in, in your decision making. That's right. it. It's a like I said, things I never thought I would preach when I was back in uh, school to be a preacher. I think I'm going to preach the great truths of Romans, mm-hmm. which you know I love to do.
0: Yeah,
1: never in my wildest dreams that I think I would talk about diversifying your income, George.
0: <laughs> Casting your bread upon the waters, right? Yeah, some people take
1: this uh, position that it's all about generosity, which I think is more. Mm. more of an allegorical mm. interpretation of this.
0: It doesn't seem to fit with the context of the it of the of passage. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Well, uh, how many more you got? Two more. Two, Two more. more. Yep. Two more. Okay. So,
1: yeah, it'll be uh, one on remembering and rejoicing in God while you're young. Okay. And then, and Larry gave me a little gem of an illustration. Oh, yeah! I have to wait for Sunday for All right. it. Okay. And then uh, the last one is on, really kind of like the chief end of man is mm-hmm. the, you know, the right. end, of, the end of the matter is this. Mm-hmm. He tells you,
0: right? So, okay. that's it. All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for preaching through yeah. Ecclesiastes. Thanks for giving us some, bringing out some of this practical stuff for us. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, hopefully this has been practical for you. Hopefully it's been helpful. And if it has been, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. And uh, we hope that, uh, as always, this will help you to become more and more conformed to Christ because uh, Jesus was shrewd, and we are supposed to be shrewd also as we follow in his footsteps. Well, join us on Friday as we uh, as we uh, pick up Free For All Friday. It's been a few weeks. We're going to pick up our... Uh, eschatology series and we're going to be interviewing uh tim gresham and uh, so we hope that you will join us and until then have a good week and uh, god bless